Good morning. I'm going to invite you to pull that insert out of the bulletin that says Father's Day up at the top of it. It's going to be the sermon outline that we're going to use this morning as uh, Daryl Hutchinson speaks to us from his heart, from his knowledge of God's Word about what it means to be a father. Uh, one of the shepherds that, that hired me back in 2001 was uh, a fellow by the name of Warren Hutchinson. And uh, many of you know Warren, especially longtime members of the Mack family. Uh, Warren was just this really longtime fixture, spiritual fixture in our church, a great shepherd over the Lord's sheep, and, and really one of, just one of the finest men I've ever known in my life. And I've known a lot of great men, and I just think Warren, Warren's heart was just exceptionally captivated by God. And one of the um, one of the blessings of knowing Warren is getting uh, to know his son Daryl. Uh, Daryl and I were at ACU at the same time. Didn't really uh, have a chance to meet each other then. We really met in 2001. But Daryl is just one of my favorite people in the entire world. And when I listen to him speak from his heart and his study of God's word, I'm just always struck with his insight and his, his way of, of communicating the truth of God's word. And Daryl is now a shepherd of our church here at MacArthur Park. And he is part of a legacy of spiritual leadership that, that we, we want to... Um, we want to, uh, uh, to bring about in so many more families in, in this larger church family. And so we're going to listen to him talk about the impact of his father's life in his life and in Cheryl Lee, his sister's life. And as you may have picked up, at the beginning of the assembly, we showed a video. His son is going to be speaking, whose ministry is going to be speaking this next Wednesday night. And so we go from Warren to Daryl, to Hudson, what a spiritual legacy that is. We're so grateful for the impact that Warren, his wife Shirley, had on our church family. Daryl and his wife Lori on our family right now. We're looking forward to seeing Hudson and his family this next Wednesday night. Uh, I'm going to ask Daryl to step up. I'm going to pray over him. Let's bow our heads as we prepare our hearts, our minds, and our ears to hear what he has to say to us. Father, how grateful we are for this day. We are so thankful. From the bottom of our hearts, there's just gratitude that overflows for every blessing that we have in Christ. We're thankful for this planet that we live on. We're grateful for the food that we have, the jobs, our health, our bodies. We're thankful for love and for the love you show us. We're grateful for every blessing, again, that we have in Christ. They are so numerous and so wonderful to experience on an hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis. And this morning, we're asking you to bless, in the name of Jesus, your servant and son, Daryl, as he speaks to us about what it means to be a father. We pray that your spirit will be strong in him. We pray your blessing upon him richly. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brother. Is your mic on? Good morning. The first word on my outline is breathe. And unfortunately, I just realized I only wrote that once. So uh, if I pass out, you'll know why. Today as a nation, we pause and hopefully show appreciation to our fathers. I understand that Father's Day stirs up many different images and emotions. 
As disciples of Christ, we all have a perfect Heavenly Father that is always present and the perfect provider. Unfortunately, as fallen humans, not all men have embraced the mantlehood, the mantle of fatherhood as God intended. But thank God for those many men who have stepped in and stepped up to provide that role to children who are not their own. To those of you, whether friends or mentors, grandfathers or father-in-laws, we thank you. I'm excited about the opportunity to speak this morning. When Mark asked me back in April if I would speak on Father's Day, to be quite honest, I was going to say no. I'm sure a bunch of y'all wish I would have. But he was so kind and he said, so many people knew your dad, I think it would be nice if you could share some words that your dad passed on and shared with you. So I couldn't turn him down. I hold here in my hand a letter my dad wrote to me the day I left for college, August 28, 1980. He gave me several things to think about. Remember, I was 19 at the time, and being a child prodigy, I knew everything. <laughs> but I guess, it was what left, I guess it was worth it to try to teach me something one more time, and so he left me this letter. After a few kind words that I won't bother you with, Dad wrote, I want to remind you of some facts never to forget. These facts were things that I saw lived out in my dad's life every day. Fact number one, God loves you even more than your mother and I do. As a very small boy, I can remember my dad telling me that he loved me. But he stipulated that he loved God and mom more. That sounds kind of an odd thing to tell a little kid. But even as a small child, when you saw how much your father loved God by the way he lived, and how much he loved mom by the way he treated her, I was okay, me and my sister were okay with being third. We were okay because that level of love is hard to find anywhere. In a world that talks about love as being true to oneself, or a gushing Hallmark card, having a dad that was willing to sacrifice his life for God and family gave this kid a love that he could count on. Dads, I challenge you to tell and show your kids you love them every day so they don't ever have to wonder about it. Fact number two, your mom and I will be praying for you every day. I think dad put this in there just to take up space, to be honest. Because anyone who knew my dad knew he was praying for him. Cheryl and I used to say that Dad had a prayerful look. We would visit a church on vacation. We would walk in the door and a stranger would come up and say, Mr. Hutchinson, could you lead the opening prayer? He loved to talk to God and it showed. If you couldn't find Dad around the house and you looked all over, you could go to his closet. And if the door was shut, you knew he was in there praying. And you could stay there until he was finished talking with God and he would come out. After several strokes, Dad's speech was reduced to labored, halting words. Yet he still loved to pray. If you stopped by to return a tool or just say hi, Dad would say, let's pray. He would gather everyone up, make you hold hands, and Dad would lead a prayer. The last prayer I remember my dad saying 
It was just me and him in his office, holding hands. Because of his speech, it probably took him more than a minute to get it out. Thank you, God. You are so good to me. Thank you. My dad loved to talk to his father. It's the allergies, by the way. Dads, I challenge you to let your kids hear you talk with God on a personal level and share the results with those talks with them. Fact number three, humble yourself and God will exalt you. Growing up, my dad was a great athlete and a good student. He was first in his family to graduate from college, was rising quickly in the corporate world. When at age 30, he started losing his sight. By the time he was 35, he was legally blind. He went from being self-sufficient, able to do all these things, to unable to drive, to work, or to read without help. Dad often spoke of the things that he could not do, but that he was able to get them done because God had helped him. Dad taught me, you don't have to believe to see. You believe so you can see that God is good. Dads, I challenge you to let your kids see your weaknesses and admit to your mistakes. Humbly show them that there is a greater authority than you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. My dad was a big believer in helping me resist the devil. As a young man, I was lacking self-control and I have all my report cards to show it. But dad was consistent in his effort to help me resist. One of dad's favorite scriptures was Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way that he shall go, and when he was old, he will not depart from it. He had taken a pen and written in big, bold letters this on his closet door so that he would be reminded of it every day. Dad took time to train. Mom and dad were... Oh, Lori and I had been married for about five years. and We had two little boys. Uh, Mom and dad were over at the house a lot. And one time after they left, Lori said, your dad does the strangest things. And I said, you'll have to be more specific. (laughs) She said, every time he comes over, he goes in uh, our bedroom, opens the closet door, looks around, and then leaves. That night, I wrote Proverbs 22.6 on the closet door. The next time Dad came over, he went in our closet, looked around, and never did it again. Dad never stopped training. Dads, I challenge you to be in God's Word, to be trained by it, and continue to share God's wisdom that He has imparted to you over the years to your children. Fact number five. He that is greatest is servant of all. Dad liked no... Dad loved to serve people. As I mentioned, Dad was unable to drive, but in 1976, he bought a brand new Ford F-150 pickup truck. No radio, no power steering, no air conditioner. I don't know why, but he splurged for power brakes. (laughs) I was excited until I realized it was Dad's dream to move every member of a church once in their lifetime. (laughs) To mow every widow's lawn and to address any repairs a brother or sister might have with their house 
as well as to visit everyone in the hospital. Seriously, for a time, my dad had the hospital cafeteria menus memorized for their daily specials. Dad included everyone in his mission to serve. Mom, Cheryl, random people who just dropped by would be recruited to help dad serve someone. I remember in his late 70s, he would call me all excited to tell me that he and his best friend, Everett Heiston, had just got back from helping someone at the church. My dad loved to serve because he knew that he had been blessed. Dads, I challenge you to serve others as Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Those were facts that Dad wanted me to remember as I headed off to college 43 years ago. Dads, I encourage you to go old school and use pen and paper and write your children a letter to help them truly remember what's important. My dad had lots of facts that he liked to share often and loudly. Finish your work before you play. It's okay to laugh at yourself, but not to others. at others. Don't sleep your life away. He liked to say that one very early and very loud. <laughs> Don't hit your sister. I only did it once. Always carry a handkerchief and a pocket knife. Correcting in love is better than avoiding awkwardness. Be the friend you want to have. You can't outgive God. I tried. That's what Dad would say. Talk to the talk about important things, not just trivial things. Be in God's word daily and let it affect how you live. Dad had a great love for the Bible. As I stated, Dad could not drive, so he used the telephone as his personal mission tool. He was always on the phone, so much that my mom had threatened to bury him in a phone booth. <laughs> she didn't, only because she couldn't find one. Dad was always on the phone. Dad would call to encourage, to recruit, to preach, to inspire, to motivate, to inform, to instruct, to edify, to share scripture, or just say hi that he had missed seeing you in church. Dad loved to memorize scripture, and he frequently would change his favorite scripture. So he would have to memorize a new scripture. And he did that by repeating it over and over and having me repeat it over and over to him so that I would memorize it also. One day I was in HEB when Dad called. And I hear him on the other phone say, what, is, what does Philippians 4.4 say? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness... I can't hear you. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. If you want to clear out an aisle at H-E-B, <laughs> you start screaming scripture. My dad loved God's Word. He spent time in it daily, and he shared it whenever he could. I had a great dad who delighted and my sister and me. Luke chapter 15 tells the parable, Jesus tells the parable of the father and his love for his two sons, the young foolish one and the older selfish one. He loved them both, 
because they were his children. The father ran to the youngest one full of mercy, throwing off all self-dignity and rejoicing in his return. And he went, the father went pleading to the older, selfish one, full of grace, desiring charity for all. That's a father's love. The first three Gospels all record the story of Jesus' baptism. Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11 says, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and a spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. It's interesting to me that God made this statement before Jesus had begun his earthly ministry. Before Jesus had really done much of anything. Before he had resisted the devil. Before he had turned the water to wine. Before he had preached the Sermon on the Mountain or healed anybody. Before he told any parables or cast out any demons. Before he fed the 5,000 or walked on the water. Before he went to the cross. A father loves his child. I wish everyone had a dad like I did, but I know that's sadly not the case. But everyone does have a father like Jesus. And you are his child. He loves you. Before you do anything, he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. And he has moved towards you. You have but to receive him. That is the gospel that Jesus came to preach. If the church can help in any way, please come forward as we stand.